And now, a special exclusive edition of the Armbar Podcast with Dan and Ryan. The Royal Rumble, 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 Rumble. And welcome to a special edition of Armbar. That is Armbar Podcast, the Royal Rumble edition. Kaboom Explosions. Uh... We obviously did an episode the, over the weekend, uh, but there just is so much going on right now, and we didn't really get to talk about uh, the Royal Rumble itself so much as we were kind of predicting and looking at the roster. So uh, we both have some ideas about uh, fixing problems with the Rumble that have come up in the last few years and have kind of been there for, for a while, um, and we kind of wanted to hit on those. Uh, Ryan, I didn't even know you had ideas. I thought that was just going to be me rambling for 20 minutes about how I'm better at this than the wwe oh i mean you're going to be rambling and you're definitely going to be better at it than the wwe but i'm also going to be throwing in some ramblings that show that i'm also better than the wwe at planning their biggest well second biggest most exciting uh, the royal rumble match is by far the most exciting match of any program that they do so yeah yeah great uh so what do you give me your ideas first i want to hear what where you're starting from because it'll it'll be interesting to see if it affects anything that i'm going to talk about okay well as we talked about in our last episode when you had asked like what do i think makes what what's the best part of wrestling like what what works in wrestling and i said when people are on a trajectory i think that throughout the year you need to have things that matter for matches otherwise people aren't going to pay attention and so kind of like you've talked before and you can talk about your ranking system type of thing because i know that's probably something that you want to bring up but i think that spoiler when wrestlers win they should be rewarded for that and the people that enter like maybe the first or maybe it should start from the well i don't know i I guess the person that has the best year would be the person that would come in at number 30 because ideally you know, they would be rewarded for having such a a good year that they'd come in last and have the best chance to win. And then somebody say who like like a Heath Slater type of person who he doesn't win very much. And if he wins one match or something, it counts in a column where it's like, okay, well, this guy won one match against so and so. So it's like there's there's a ranking system that uses a trajectory so that when people win and lose throughout the year, it matters for the Royal Rumble. And you don't just randomly say, hey, let's throw this guy in and throw this guy in. And okay, this person gets to be 30 for what reason? Like it should be that the last five, because uh, technically in terms of what a Royal Rumble is supposed to be, the odds are in your favor if you come in fresh at the end that you'd have a chance to win it. So those last five people should always be people that are like on top of their game for the most part. Or okay. have the most momentum going. I think that would make for a, uh, an interesting setup. I, of course, <clears throat> like and endorse the idea of a ranking system, you know, throughout the WWE season. Um, I would argue against determining uh, an entrance spot according to your rankings only because the Royal Rumble is to some degree about surprise. And if you know that, oh, John Cena is coming in at number 30 because he's ranked number one coming in, you know what I mean? Like it, it's that takes out a bit of, oh, shit, this guy came in or this guy got this. Yeah, spot. Or like, true. here's this awesome dude who actually came in number one and is going to have to survive the entire you know rumble to win it kind of thing, because you're not going to have a 
you know, going back, but like you're not gonna have like a Daniel Bryan come in at number one, uh, even though he's great, uh, in your system because he, w- yeah, he would yeah, well come maybe in later. So there's then no... maybe it shouldn't be the last five, but maybe huh, I think I don't what know. you should do is like it fold that into just qualifying for the Royal Rumble, like still have it be a lottery based thing as far as where you enter, but getting in shouldn't just be walking down to the ring and saying, I'm in the Royal Rumble. It should yeah. be, uh, you know, I'm in the top 15 or the top 20, so I'm making the Royal Rumble. And that way you can have matches for those people that are on the bubble, you know, in the weeks before the Royal Rumble. Like a guy could be ranked 21 and he's got to fucking win a match, you know, this week to make it in the Royal Rumble. And you don't know if he's going to because you're only talking about a guy sneaking in the 20th as opposed to it being like John Cena, you know, trying to win a match, getting the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's where a like, better... that could really extend and increase increase the the sports feel but still keep it you know sports entertainment yeah i guess you could have maybe maybe there'd be one spot like a 20 spot or something that beforehand would be announced like okay if you have this and this record you'll get that 20 spot but everybody else qualifies for you know just having a draw or a poll or something and then you don't have to because yeah i guess it would be anticlimactic if you knew that the the last five people are going to be so and so like that's not that's yeah. not that great, but I do like because you know you, you got to think in. about, yeah, you got to think about where you know it's John Cena popping in, you know, making his big return at number thirty in two thousand eight, where you know that's like one of the biggest surprises in Rumble history. Yeah, it exactly. made like this entire thing. You, you got it. That's what that Rumble's about. You know, that's what the Rumble's about. Rather, it's it's you can't. I don't really want to kill that element. That's one of the things they actually get right. Yeah, that the mystery and the excitement is a lot of fun. Here's something else that I think needs to be implemented. And maybe it was at one point and they've just gotten lazy about it, but I have distinct memories of this being a problem in recent years. If you're in the rumble and somebody gets thrown out or whatever, and say that person wants to come back in and beat somebody up and throw them over the top rope and all that stuff, that shouldn't count. Like if you if you want to have interference in the rumble, by all means have it, but you have to have someone who's in the damn thing actually throw you over the top because I remember it was uh I don't know, did somebody I think Brock Lesnar came back into the ring after that, he was That was out. a huge problem the last few years. Like last year it was Lesnar threw out the entire Wyatt family until yes. Bray Wyatt came yes. in and then Bray brought everyone in and they just like beat him up and tossed him over. Um, you also had, and this is sort of a different version of that, but you had Roman Reigns get attacked by the League of Nations when they weren't even in the Rumble and pulled out of the ru- the ring and beat up, you know, and then he was taken to the back for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you had CM Punk get eliminated by Kane in his last, you know, match at that Rumble in 2014, and Kane had already been eliminated. He just, like, reached up and pulled him out. Yeah. It happens all the time, especially lately, and it's it's the fucking worst. And that was definitely something that I was going to bring up. But uh, Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, sorry then. No, no, it's you. fine because it, it needs to be said either way. Like, it's the one of the worst things they do. Yeah, and you could you could still have exciting moments where you have somebody come in who has been eliminated or you have people who aren't even in it like a tag partner or something and they can definitely do some damage to somebody but if they throw somebody over the ring it doesn't count and that guy can maybe get a breather for a while and so he can pretend like he's beating up the guy outside of the ring and all that and then the guy comes back in so that that way he still has a chance to get thrown out like the logic of being able to be thrown out by somebody who's not even in it who's disqualified why wouldn't you just go in there immediately 
and just throw everybody like who cares if you just go in and like throw everyone out and cheat and do all that stuff and then take everybody out again so that like your tag team partner can come in at number 30 and win it's just stupid that kind of logic or lack of logic makes for a frustrating experience and since they have been doing it so much lately i hope that this year they kind of implement a new it's a simple thing to do you don't even have to change the dynamic of the of the match you just have somebody interfere but it doesn't count if they throw them over the ring or drag them out that's dumb right and this this we could let's just expand that into something that i was going to talk about in general which is just the, the rules of the royal rumble that need to be changed um obviously i agree you cannot be eliminated by someone that isn't in the Royal Rumble. You know, whether they've been eliminated or were never in in the first place, that should just not be a thing. It doesn't make any sense. It's no one's ever happy that happens. You know, it doesn't get the right kind of heat when it does. No. It's it's it detracts from the enjoyment of the Royal Rumble that makes the match demonstrably worse. Um as same token, you have there was a year that Miz came out and instead of going into the ring, just walked right around and went and took to the commentary table. While a funny Miz moment, it basically kind of destroys the internal logic of the Royal Rumble, which is why would anyone get in the ring right away and fight to be eliminated if they can just not get in the ring, you know, and go yes. sit down outside in a chair. And a similar element to that is if you're Curtis Axel and you're going to get in the ring, and you get your ass beat up and jumped beforehand, that doesn't mean the next guy comes in, uh, the guy that threw you out, and can take your place. That's stupid. Like I Right, and it also doesn't mean that Kurt a Curtis Axel was never eliminated. There's got to be like a, if you haven't entered the ring in 60 seconds, you're eliminated. Yes, you know, because Roman Reigns disappeared for 20 minutes or whatever so that right. he could come in at yeah. the end and get booed out of the building. Like, you can't have that kind of stuff. There should be a yeah, time no, not limit. Not at all. Yeah, so those simple things... Um, Plus, and I just think you have to take away the whole no DQ element because otherwise, why isn't everyone coming to the ring like it's Battle Royale? Like they've chosen their weapon in the back and they run down to the ring and beat the hell out of each other. You know, like yeah, no it, it doesn't make any sense why every wrestler wouldn't come down with a chair or a sledgehammer or a kendo stick. <laughs> yeah. So it, that idea is silly. Like get rid of that. Just, you know. Not that you can be dis. I, I guess at that point that would mean you have to be disqualified from the rumble. But then you're disqualified from the rumble if you're stupid enough to try to use a chair during a match like the Royal Rumble. You should be disqualified. You know. I agree. Those kind of rules are just simple things that, in general, when the WWE has a weird thing that they just ignore in different matches because it's convenient. Like if you have, right. you know, a a, a a referee who gets knocked out for a second and turns around and, and clearly sees somebody being doing something that would get them disqualified. I, I mean, I can't think of a, of a good example right now, but it's just little things that are small, easy rules to follow that they just ignore drastically affects the matches and the integrity of the matches in a big way. And they need to follow these little rules. And I don't know why they don't. It's not hard to do. And it's not like the things that they're doing is making for a better match or making for a better trajectory for the wrestlers. Like it's a stupid thing. That's just either done through laziness or just out of basically a choice of, well, I don't, you know, who cares? We'll just have somebody throw them out. Cause we don't need them in the ring anymore. And we don't need Bray Wyatt to get another, you know, another elimination. Just let Kane reach up and throw somebody out. Like it's stupid stuff like that, that needs to be cut out of the product so that you have a little more integrity in these matches so that people understand what the rules are. Cause when you can just have anything go at any point, 
people just forget about that stuff and then they don't even know how a match works and they don't understand the rules of it and when you can just ignore and, and it they don't f- the problem is they think people don't care they think the audience doesn't care about that stuff that they're just there to watch you know uh, their favorite guy do a move or whatever and and they're so wrong especially now where like the majority of the audience the people that are getting the most money from are people like us or the core audience or the people who really know wrestling who follow it outside of wwe who you know constantly read about it or listen you know to podcasts and remember what happened you know eight years ago nine years ago even the fence doesn't yeah so exactly they they at this point they get to well we're just going to make it so that we can book whatever we want you know like we have to get brock lesnar out of this royal rumble without you know him looking bad so we have this ridiculous thing happen or we we need to roman reigns to win but he can't necessarily be in the rumble for the entire time because he's not capable of doing that because or, or, he's not know, we cm punk weak in the middle or right exactly so it's it's kind of that like booking laziness and it's also just arrogance and and not understanding their audience which you know kind of is a common theme and by the way, I'd like to clarify. Uh, but no, right I now. don't. I don't think there was anything else about rules, um, unless you had anything else, because I think that really covers it. I didn't have anything about rules. I just want to say I know it probably sounds like we're really like tearing the WWE apart right now, and that's not what we're doing. I think that we're just trying to point out that there's little simple tweaks that you could do to make the Royal Rumble that much better. And we're not really complaining. We're just sh- highlighting some problems that I'm sure most wrestling fans who aren't just casual wrestling wrestling fans. Uh, would agree with because you can't just ignore little rules or just have anybody show up and be like, yeah, I'm going to be in the rumble. Oh, okay. Why? Oh, right. cause I'm going to be in it. If you had right. a, a set, especially because then you have something like Monday night where Sammy Zayn wanted to declare himself the Royal rumble, but because he interrupted a conference call with Stephanie, she decided to make him wrestle Seth Rollins for a spot. And so he had to earn his spot when literally everyone else just said, Hey, I'm in the Royal rumble. And, you know, and then by the way, he won the match and Seth Rollins is out of the Royal rumble and Sami Zayn took his spot. So it becomes like, well, why did he have to wrestle when the 22 other people in the Royal rumble so far just said, Hey, I'm in the Royal rumble and they're in. Yeah. And on that point, if they actually did have a criteria system throughout the year, where people would get points or there would be a ranking system, it would make the storytelling in general much better because you wouldn't have these random moments where all of a sudden somebody has to jump through a bunch of hoops to do something that, for example, Roman Reigns walks out and says, hey, I want a shot at the title, so give it to me. Well, okay, fine. And But somebody else has to, just to get like a regular tag team match, has to do 50 different things. That kind of storytelling right. uh it, it it's weak and so if and it's, they it would be like the easiest system, yeah it would be the easiest crutch to fall on because then you don't have a match that's just a match you have well this guy's trying to move up uh you know this week in, in his division or whatever so here's a divisional match you know it's like you don't then it's not just like why are these two guys wrestling it's they're wrestling because you know this actually matters because they're moving up in the rankings they're trying to get a shot at the u.s title or whatever the one problem though and i know this sounds pretty pessimistic but for a ranking system to work the writers and vince would actually have to pay attention to their storylines throughout the year and one of the things that allows them the freedom to do whatever they want is the fact that they can just rewrite any storyline it's it's there's no real consequences for long-term things throughout the year because none of it really matters so 
it it would be hard for them to implement this, I think, because they're so used to just changing stories on the fly, day of, all that stuff. So they'd actually have to put in some extended thought. And of course, they would probably say, well, you can't plan for injuries and you can't plan for filming schedules. No, you can't do that stuff, but you can at least have a general idea of where a year should go for where the titles are going to switch hands and all these things. Like if you planned that out in January for the next six months, it'd make a much better product for the viewer. And the thing is, yeah, of course it would, but you don't even have to do that. Like it wouldn't require that drastic a change in their philosophy. You know, if someone gets hurt, someone has to take time off, they drop in the ranks. And then when they come back, they look and say, oh, well, I guess I'm down here in spot 16 and I've got some work to do. And then you actually get to get, like you go on a journey then with that guy that's trying to climb idea. his way back up the ranks, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's that's like, pretty good. It's the easiest thing in the world. Like then it's not just like, Hey, I'm back. And then jump into a feud with someone because they happen to come out, you know, while they're talking, it's, I've got to work my way back up into title contention or, you know, whatever. It, it's just, it's the easiest thing in the world. And this is outside of the Royal Rumble. Even on our Royal Rumble special, we still find a way to do tangents away from our topic. So I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, we're like, we're that outside interference. We're basically, we're throwing ourselves over the ring and it counts or over the ropes and it counts because that's the rules of WWE. We don't have to stay within the confines of the Royal Rumble because they don't either. But I do think that that's a great idea that you just brought up that if you have to take time off or if there's an injury, you fall in the ranks and that automatically writes a storyline coming back because say Seth Rollins is out with the injury that he had. He's going to come back and be like, man, I'm not number 16. I'm number one in this company. And he just tears it up with everybody. It would make for the stories would write themselves. So yeah, actually I think the WWE, if, if they want it, you know, since they like to be lazy with that stuff, it's almost a lazier and easier option to put in a ranking system because then they have those stories that already are there and they don't have to even come up with they something They have justification new. for any match they want to do, you yeah. know, and they can have consequences for any match they want to do. You can build rivalries just out of the fact that so-and-so is at number two and so-and-so is at number seven. Like and, Kevin Owens' character know, would be – that's he'd be – none of you are, are above me. Like I'm number one, right. All right? And that's just right. And same with Jericho. I mean, you look how he reacted to the draft and just apply that to the entire year all the time. Like that can be a continuing aspect of his character. Yes. So that's great. We just had some great ideas. Yeah, I know we fixed the WWE. Yeah, we are. Um, all right. So next thing I want, I did you have other ideas? Not really, because we kind of. My main thing was having it matter so that you could get into the WW or into the Royal Rumble yeah. and then talking about how they need to follow rules. So, I mean, we pretty much, I think we, in the last 19 minutes have solidly sold our argument. I think so. And yeah. I don't think, I don't think anybody would be able to come back and be like, Nope, those aren't good ideas. Cause they're nope. the best. Not ideas. a single person. Yeah. Not well. Absolutely. Vince McMahon um, would try, but he'd fail. Cause oh, he's he not would us. fail. He's not us. He would fail miserably. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about then is presentation. When you're watching the Royal Rumble, and I recently, I don't know if I told you this, I watched Royal Rumbles from 2007 through 2016, based over the course of a week or so. Um, and one thing that I noticed, and this is not related to anything, but just I wanted to share. Good. Every single Royal Rumble that Wade Barrett was in, he had different entrance music. He really? did not carry a song for more than a year. Yes. Like, that's how insane that dude's booking or, you know, character packaging was. Wowza. Um, I know. 
I was like, what the hell? Like every, I didn't know who it was coming out every time because it was Wade Barrett and he had different music. By um, the way, he was great. But, really wasted opportunity. The guy had tons of charisma. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he really did. They they really screwed that up. Um, he could have easily been much bigger than he was, and you know maybe he'll come back one of these times. But yeah, maybe. One of the things I noticed too was nothing. The only thing JBL does during the Royal Rumble these last few years is say how many people have won from the spot that just came in, or who won from that spot, or how many eliminations so-and-so has, or how long this person has been in the ring. Like, th- it's just this constant stream of stats, basically. Well, I think, I think stats are cool. I, I enjoy No, no, no. Don't, don't, I like stats. I love stats. What I'm saying is we don't need JBL saying those stats to us constantly for an hour. That's true. This is a show that already will run a ticker for tweets from the WWE universe, you know, during matches or upcoming shows, they put up the little sidebar when, um, you know, SmackDown uh, wrestlers come out. I don't think they do that on Raw. I can't remember. I don't think they do. Um, you know, they give like the like the Dean Ambrose. It'll say like former member of the Shield. You know, yeah. one so and so at Roadblock, whatever. So do that for the entirety of the Royal Rumble. You have a ticker at the bottom that just shows one through 30, who, you know, and the person's name next to each number who, you know, he came in and then a color code, whether like green is still in or red, he was eliminated. Like, that's all you have to do. You know, like think of it like a, like my inspiration for this was like watching NASCAR. Not that either of us really do that too much, but you know, you've seen it. We're like, oh, they have a constant thing running of who's in what spot, and, you know, with their number and, and whatever else and their lap yeah, times you could or have whatever. How many eliminations there's hashtag marks you could have. Exactly. Just put like a, a three next to them or whatever, if they have had three eliminations. Yeah. And if they implement our rating system, a ranking system, you would have. Yeah. Okay, this guy throughout the year had 47 wins, 37 losses, and stuff like that. Or, or if there's only two people in the ring, you could put a stat up there on the screen of how when these guys have faced off against each other, what the win-loss ratio, ratio is. Stuff like that would be pretty cool. And that's the thing that you could easily do, and it just seems like they really, really should. And I don't know why you wouldn't accept that they think they don't want to be like sports. Like, they, they want to... I don't know. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I agree. The other thing I would add as far as presentation go along with. Yeah, would be a constant countdown clock. Like it's supposed yes. to be 90 seconds between each entrant. And, and it's not because it's just convenient. Yeah. Right. Just have it a little more structured. Just have 90 seconds and then it flips over 89. You know what I mean? Like every, just have that. So people know. And you can look forward to it even more, and you always get that countdown, you know, the last 10 seconds, which you do anyway, but it still is always like a surprise because people aren't paying attention or don't, you know, notice it. Those two things are really minor. They don't take away from anything. And, you know, you can also have for the when the number, like if it's number 24, you have a quick pop-up of, you know, so-and-so won from this spot in 1999, you know, and or like, what is that? no one has ever won from this spot. What was that VH1 thing where it would play music videos and they would pop yeah, like up pop up video? Yeah. Oh, is that what it's called? Pop up video? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Something like that would be great. Right. And because you don't want, like, we don't really trust the announcing at this point. You know, they don't have the respect of the audience. So you're mostly just trying to tune them out. If you put all this information on the screen, it just makes it feel better. It makes every spot feel more important, I think. I mean, 
you. I agree probably. with you a hundred percent. Um, and then the other, then the other thing I want to talk about, and this is the kind of the biggest change, and it's a little harder now because I kind of came up with this before the brand split. Um, so now it's a little more complicated. But the idea would be that this is no longer winner takes all, because when you're watching a Royal Rumble and you have those thirty spots come in, you know that probably 25 of those people have no chance at winning just the reality of main eventing at wrestlemania means you know most of the people aren't going to be in actual contention yes so instead you make it like uh like the world series of poker where once you last to a certain point you're officially in the money you know you're gonna win money no matter where you finish it just depends on how high you finish is how much money you get uh in this case i would do Spots 10 through 3 earn a spot in the King of the Ring tournament, which would take place in between uh, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And then your your seeding depends on how long you lasted. So if you were third eliminated, you know, you get the number one seed in the King of the Ring and you get, you know, a bye week or not a bye week, but, you know, a skip round or whatever. Um, that way, if you're a huge Kofi Kingston fan, he could last until the last 10 and make it into the King of the Ring tournament. And then you make the King of the Ring tournament, uh, the winner earns the right to challenge either the Intercontinental Champion or the United States Champion at WrestleMania. So you make it... Thereby it's not, legitimizing you know, those those belts, too. Right. Further you make it about... You're, you're wrestling to earn a title. You're not messing with the main event. You still have um, you know, the last two people going for the title. And the other thing I would do is a Royal Rumble runner-up, so the second-to-last person, would earn a championship match at King of the Ring. That's so excellent. everything matters then for that last 10. It's no longer, let's just wait until there's a couple people left or three or four. It's, you know, you get drama for the entire last, you know, 20, 30 minutes of that match with that many people, you know, wrestling for something. And I, I don't think that cuts out like the drama of winning, you know, the Royal Rumble. I just think it makes it more important and for everyone involved. Yeah, you know, I know that our big thing on this podcast is we like to we like to go back and forth and make fun of each other because that's witty banter. Witty banter. But uh, I think everything you're saying is great. And if they implemented that stuff, it would make for such a better product. It would it would help a lot of wrestlers because then you'd have guys like Kofi Kingston who could really shine for an extended period of time. Those, those are great ideas. It'd be really cool to see if they tried even some can of that. Can we make a note to save that clip of you saying everything you're saying is great and then just kind of, you know, keep that and just play that after everything I say on all future uh, podcasts. Do it. Just do it. The other thing about this is we were talking in the last episode about Kurt Angle coming into the Royal Rumble, and I said it couldn't work because you can't bring him in and not win. Yeah. You know, like it's too he's too big a name. This fixes that, too. Now you can have someone like Kurt, Kurt Angle come in, and maybe he doesn't win, but all of a sudden he's in the King of the Ring tournament. So you know we're getting another match, at least, out of Kurt Angle. You know, he has something like it's not just he just popped in and got thrown over the ropes and there's no lasting effect. Or AJ Styles, you know, in his debut. You can put these people right into, you know, the, the main event, pic not the main event picture, but, you know, put them on the scene in WWE. It's not just 
they're in the Royal Rumble, got eliminated, and that's that. You get a lot now more mileage you know, out of storylines and right. wrestlers that way. Right. And you don't have to have someone win the Royal Rumble to have an impact on the booking and the shows. So Awesome. It's a, it's a more to keep track of, of course, and I think they, they tend to want to keep it as simple as possible because I think they underestimate the intelligence of their audience. Yeah, um, yes. But I, I just think it would make for a much better Royal Rumble in general if they did all these things that we've talked about. I totally agree with you. And it would also, it would kind of signify like the end of a season and the beginning of another season in wrestling. Because wrestling doesn't have any breaks, everything can just kind of blend together, blend together. But if you have the Royal Rumble be something where it's the culmination of a ranking system and it starts this trajectory for people for King of the Ring and things going forward, it's... See, but I, I would see Royal Rumble as being like the beginning of the playoffs. And I think the WrestleMania would be the end of the season. Because that's like a much more natural, like it feels like the biggest thing. You build to it for months. I don't know that you could do like a season break at Royal Rumble and then start over new, you know, with the with WrestleMania. I mean, I guess you could just tear apart all my ideas. That's cool. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I agree. It's like if you treat this as WWE postseason. Yeah. It just it all works so much better. Agreed. Um, all right. So I think we've now that we've fixed the Royal Rumble and uh, we'll be expecting our checks. Yes. Uh, I just want to end this real quick with my predictions for the seven uh, unannounced entrants in the Royal Rumble. Bring it on. Uh, and this is assuming that 23, we had Sami Zayn replaced Seth Rollins on Monday. Um, Why do you think that Kane is? was announced? Uh, it's just to build the Triple H thing, which it's going to be uh, part of my yes. my deal here. Okay. Um, and the the title match between Seth or excuse me Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns is now a no DQ. In addition to Jericho being above the shark or you know being above the ring in the shark cage. Really. So that could that actually makes it somewhat more likely you know that Owens could win, even though I still don't think he's going to. Kurt Angle. Um. Yeah. So here's my seven. Samoa Joe, good. James Ellsworth, yeah. RVD, yes, as like the main returning like yes. legend who hasn't been around forever. Uh, Ty Dillinger at ten. I just still think yes, they kinda, yes, they have yes. to do that. They better. Um, I'm gonna say Kevin Owens because I think he's going to lose to Reigns, enter himself into the Royal Rumble, and eliminate Jericho to set up their match for the U.S. title at WrestleMania. That'd be an interesting booking decision. Uh, I'm going to say R-Truth because I think he's the new, you know, comedy wrestler since they don't really have, you know, Hornswoggle or Santino anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, that's and to give him props, last year when he ran in and immediately grabbed a ladder and set it up and <laughs> climbed up, it was, was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that as, was As good. far as stupid WWE human girls, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to say the last spot is Triple H. Oh, snap. And I think he either gets eliminated by Rollins pulling him out of the ring or Rollins jumps him before he even gets to the ring. Quick and question like on that, though. Fight and that, yeah. So what? based on that prediction, you do not believe that this is going to be the year that they follow our rules in terms of letting people get eliminated? Oh, no, not at all. I, I think they'll cut down on it some because I, I, you would hope they heard the criticisms from last year, but I don't think they just eliminate that idea entirely. No, they're still going to say it's no DQ, anything can happen, and you're still going to have at least you know one or two guys get eliminated by people who were either not in the Royal Rumble or who were already eliminated. I just think they, they think that's a good booking decision, and 
it's I don't think it's going to change, even though we're right and they're wrong. Yeah, I I think that's a that's a pretty great list there. That'd be pretty cool to see. Like it'd be it'd be great to have RVD come in as the returning legend because that that yeah. works still because he yeah. still can go. And the thing is, I think I had said in the last episode that I thought maybe Shawn Michaels, but I read you an interview with him the other day where he was talking about how much he wants to stay retired and how much he puts into even like last year's WrestleMania appearance, which was basically not nothing at all. It's, it's like the shit he puts him through is, is himself through physically and mentally is, is crazy. And I just it's don't think he's going to do that. It's for a, a work Rumble spot. That, it's a work you know, that he doesn't need. I know Sean Michaels return. And Eagles also said multiple times that he's not coming back. And Finn Balor has said he doesn't want to come back during the rumble and how would he even do his entrance and that sort of thing. And it could all be all three of them that could be working. We they are could all come out, worked. but I'm, I know, but I'm saying zero out of three. And then with the Kenny Omega news, I'm saying he's out too. So those are, those are my seven. I would say there. out of those three, Finn Balor probably has the most likely that. I mean, that's oh, not sure. really, yeah. that's not really putting myself out there much, but no, no, that's pretty common sense. I, I have a question for you to, to end this. Um, who sure. do you think that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, are going to last for a long time, and do you think that this is going to be where Orton turns on Bray? Here's the thing that I, I meant to mention. I'm really glad you brought them up. There are, there are talks that one possible World Rumble outcome could be Randy Orton winning the Rumble and Bray Orton, or Bray Orton, Bray Wyatt winning the title at Elimination Chamber. And setting them up for the title at WrestleMania. Are you just doing this so that you can um, ruin my life when this doesn't happen? Or is this... I mean, it's, <laughs> it will probably ruin your life when it doesn't happen, but I am not making this up. This oh, was man. from the buzzer. Like, I, the buzzer. It might even been from buzzer. Meltzer, or at least from his site. I can't remember who exactly. It wasn't just like some schmuck's website. I mean, this was a thing that was at least being discussed at some point and that Bray Wyatt is scheduled for a title run at some point. So this is so, the best day of my but life. But again, this stuff change. Yeah. I mean, this stuff changes every other week, but I just think it, it, you know, when you have two titles and this WrestleMania card, as we talked about in the last episode is so stacked, you can get away with the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble being, uh, you know, dedicated to a lower program. You know, in elevating that program as opposed to being only to a uh, Brock Lesnar or a Goldberg or an Undertaker, you know. So, hey, but if twenty, what I think is going to happen is that they just uh, eliminate our, themselves in the first twenty minutes, and then nothing else happens. So probably because that's the trajectory twenty seventeen as a whole is on. But yeah. I'll tell you what, if twenty seventeen ends where Bray Wyatt holds the title. And Donald Trump yeah. is still in office. I I'd almost almost call that a win for the year. Almost you call it call that a wash. I yeah best. I guess I guess it would yeah it would probably just cancel yeah yeah well I mean yeah. if Bray Wyatt holds it for more than a day, um it would be mm -hmm. a wash. Less than a day, I, I mean, come on. I mean, if you wanted that elimination chamber, you'd hold it for at least a couple of weeks. So there's that. Yeah, 2017. Looking up. Thank you for listening to Armbar with Dan and Ryan. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode, and it'll be even better than this one. Follow us on Twitter at Armbar Podcast, and you can email us at armbarpodcast at gmail.com. You'll do both of those things if you know what's good for you. Armbar!
Today's catchphrase ain't even a catchphrase. It's a way of life because it's Axelmania, baby.